You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome to The Strong Room on News Talk 770. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about proposed federal changes to the Income Tax Act changes that are bound to have a profound impact on a great many Canadians. We'll talk about privately held Canadian corporations, a tax strategy that has been used for many years by professionals and by entrepreneurs. Lisa Hanfield, who is a lawyer and chartered professional accountant at Macmillan Estate Planning, gets us started. You'll also hear from trust and estate practitioner Norman Ewing. It's very important as these new tax changes that have been proposed are going to be applying to CCPCs. So it's really important though to remember they're only applying to those corporations that carry on an active business. So if you have a holding corporation that just has passive investments, you may be affected by these changes, but not nearly as much as everyone who's running an active business through a corporation. Who are these folks? Basically, it's your, you know, yoga studio to your interior designer, your realtor, your lawyer, your doctor, your dentist, the cafe down the street. The majority of businesses in Canada are considered small, medium-sized businesses and would be Canadian-controlled private corporations in most instances. Mm -hmm. So this really affects your neighbors, your could be yourself. It, It affects such a large segment of the Canadian population. And this is the concern here, Peter, is, uh, you know, CCPCs, these these small Canadian uh, corporations, private corporations, uh, are really the lifeblood of Canada. And, you know, all of these sorts of little businesses or, or medium-sized businesses are operated in this fashion and, and they create jobs and, and, and build the economy. Um, and the, the, the changes that are uh, proposed uh, at, at law that uh, we're concerned about here are really targeting these. We're not really looking at, uh, you know, the public corporations, the big corporations. Uh, it's really looking at, uh, you know, advantages that exist um, for small private corporations in Canada um, and changing that landscape. What are the changes that are being proposed that you're running into in your conversations with your clients that are of most pressing concern? Well, there's there's a number of major changes that uh, you know are affecting uh, you know businesses, um, you know the ability to uh, you know split income, um, uh, you know. But one of the things that we want to look at uh, here today is uh, you know investment in corporation because uh, you know corporations uh, you know that that we're looking at in this uh, this instance, uh, as, as Lisa pointed out, um, are, are generally corporations uh, that are small Canadian private businesses that have active income, um, and so they're not just a passive holding, you know, investments, uh, you know, real estate or things like that, uh, but um, they've got active business going on, you know, maybe, a, you know, a medical doctor, or, you know, a lawyer or, uh, you know, that uh, uh, coffee shop or, or, or something like that. And so the idea is uh, there's that active income uh, within the business and there's uh, preferential rates uh, to encourage active business and, and, and small businesses. And so that's what's happening in the, these corporations. And then, of course, you know, over time, uh, they're building up um, earnings in that corporation. And so they may decide not to pull those earnings out of the corporation. They may want to reinvest them uh, within the corporation. And so they may do that on on more passive investments. Uh, they, they may have extra money in the corporation that they invest in, you know, equities or, you know, real estate uh, that isn't necessarily associated with their core business. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, so that is, is going to generate a passive income within the corporation. Uh, and this is really what uh, the, the changes are looking at, uh, at targeting because there's, you know, there's a potential deferral um, advantage or, or opportunity for corporations uh, to do this. There may be particular needs for that uh, in the long run, but, um, you know, that's what the, uh, you know, the, the government is really looking at with these rule changes is, is making it so it's not advantageous um, to save up that money, to build up that money within the corporation um, and, uh, you know, putting in uh, rules that may uh, force people to operate the businesses in a different fashion um, and pull that money out rather than holding it in the corporation. So people that have a corporation over a long period of time in particular who have cash invested in the company uh, in the corporation uh, that perhaps might serve as their retirement income once they stop working or sell the business uh, they're really the people that are vulnerable here yeah, it could be long term, uh, or it could be uh, you know even uh, more of a medium term uh, situation. Like you know, let's uh, let's take a case study of uh, you know a farmer, for example. Uh, you know, it may be a farmer that's kind of in in the the, the mid phase of of his business. Uh, he's created a, a corporation, uh, a Canadian co- controlled private corporation, to um, you know kind of run um, the the business through. Uh, and uh, you know, he may have inherited some land. He may have acquired some land, um, but uh, you know he's not in that retirement phase yet. Uh, he's he's still wanting to you know expand that farming business, uh, and so uh, you know the, the the farmer is very careful and you know with that corporation because you know he wants to expand and you know expanding uh, you know businesses uh, you know especially a farming business can be very costly. Uh, so you know he wants to save up to acquire that uh, that extra quarter section, or he wants to save save up to uh, you know put in some some extra grain bins or things like that. You know equipment is hundreds of thousands, uh, you know, in, 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 the, in the farming business. And so, uh, you know, uh, he, he's careful that he doesn't, you know, pull stuff out of the business. Uh, you know, he doesn't go on fancy vacations or anything like that. Hardworking, building that up, uh, you know, and there's a particular profitable year uh, that money stays in the corporation. And maybe he wants to reinvest that in the corporation, uh, you know, on the shorter medium term um, so he can build up some value for that expansion. So, uh, you know, he invests that money in, uh, you know, some sort of equities uh, with uh, the, 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 um, you know, within the corporation. Um, and then he's potentially in a situation where uh, he could have um, passive investment income within the corporation um, that the new rules could be targeting. So we've talked about using private corporations from the respect of investments. What about retained earnings in the company? Because that seems to be one of the things that the Federal Department of Finance has identified. These large or potentially large pools of capital that are sitting within a corporate structure that at the moment aren't liable for tax or aren't liable for as much tax as they would be if they were in an open situation. I think you're right, Peter. Those um, monies that are in retained earnings, they've been taxed a portion of the tax. So as we noted in one of our earlier programs, there's two portions to the tax. There's a part that's paid when the money comes into the corporation and then another part that's paid when that money goes out to the shareholders. And so those two parts, generally speaking, equal the exact amount as if I earn a dollar personally as an employee. So there was a deferral or maybe a deferral opportunity by by building up a large reserve of retained earnings as you've only paid part of the tax that would be owing. But as Norman mentioned, you know, in order to do expansion or projects, you 
you know, you could use retained earnings investments inside the corporation. Um, there's also the, the question about businesses like farming that are seasonal. How does it work when after you sell the harvest, you have a bunch of retained earnings in the corporation, but you don't know how much of that you're going to need next year f- to, to purchase seed? We have to keep emphasizing in this series that right now what we're dealing with is proposed legislative changes. Are your existing clients looking at this and saying, how does this impact me? Are they phoning? Are they coming in the door to say, what do I do? You know, this has been a, uh, an issue that's uh, really uh, dear to a lot of our uh, clients because, uh, you know, a lot of them uh, have their own business. Uh, uh, you know, they're entrepreneurs, uh, they, uh, they drive business forward, uh, you know, they have, uh, you know, em- employees. And, you know, they've certainly been hurt by, um, you know, current e- economic conditions here in Alberta. But, uh, you know, the, the, the worry now is uh, are our taxes going to make, uh, you know, the business uh, operations uh, uh, more unfavorable? And, uh, you know, I think the thing that we've got to look at, uh, you know, with respect to these particular changes, and especially targeting, you know, the the passive investments, the retained earnings with, within a corporation, uh, you know, is we don't have a target date for for when this particular side of the changes is, is going to go into place. We don't really have any draft legislation on this either. So this is something that uh, we're going to have to watch uh, pretty carefully with our clients because there's other aspects of these changes that that may come into uh, effect a little bit more quickly. Uh, we may be seeing that as, as early as 2018. Um, we're not really sure um, the specifics uh, on this side. And so it's something that, that we really have to watch um, with our clients because it, you know, it can really change the, the dynamics of how they make business decisions. You know, when the past, um, you know, the the general rules with respect to, you know, the corporation and the opportunities have been pretty similar. Uh, you know, they've uh, looked at uh, strategies of whether to take dividends or how to structure salary or, or, or things like that. But, um, you know, with these potential changes, they're going to have to refocus a lot of that um, and think differently about how they do business. McMillan estate planning staff have been blogging extensively on the topic of taxes and proposed changes. You'll want to check out the blog section of the website at www.mcmillanestate.com to see what is there that might apply to you. And you'll want to be speaking with your financial advisor without delay so that you can understand your current status and how you might be affected by proposed income tax changes. We'll continue our conversation with Lisa Hanfield and Norman Ewing of McMillan Estate Planning in a moment on The Strong Room on News Talk 770.